going to be the same. We have been in a, a series, and we've kind of, in the last couple of weeks, we've been kind of navigating uh, around the storm, obviously, and things that have been going on. But I want to pick up where we've kind of been focusing on this whole concept of servanthood. And, and remember Jesus when he was talking about being great and manifesting the greatness of the kingdom. He said that we're called to be servants of all. And so I want to talk about the power of the seed this morning and that relating to, i.e., resources, which we've been diving in, diving into. And really resource can, you know, um, as it relates to giving of our time, talents, and finances, um, it's heart connection at the end of the day because God wants our hearts fully engaged. It's not about what we do or how much, you know, how many hours we give to something or how much money that we, we, we put into the work of the kingdom. It's more about what's going on in our heart. And so I'm going to just be touching on this this morning. This will kind of be a, a preamble to some other messages as I have grace to speak them over the course of these next few weeks um, that I want to share with you. But remember when Paul was speaking to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians 15:38, he says that the seed that you put into the ground doesn't grow into a plant until it dies first. So there's this principle, as Wendy was saying, that, that we go through we go through pain, we go through almost like a uh, you know this this space of, of stretching of a death. But as that seed goes into the ground and it dies, it, it makes space and way for that promise to come forth. Okay, so we're going to kind of get into that. The context here, as Paul was talking in First Corinthians fifteen thirty six, had to do with the resurrection of the body, and as when he was saying. Um, over the course of these these last weeks with the storm and everything, my mom passed away. And I felt like in some way, and, and this is where, just bear with me today as I mingle in uh, this message on the power of the seed and a little bit about her life. I felt like the beauty of her life was overshadowed by this storm. So as a son, I want to honor her and give some tribute to her life as, as we jump into this. All right, so turn with me, Genesis chapter 1. And we're going to be in verse 3 in just a minute. But in chapter 1, at the very beginning, it says that the earth was formless and void and darkness covered the face of the deep. Or the word deep there literally means water. So it was formless and void. There was a state of chaos that was going on over the earth, over the waters. And the Holy Spirit began to hover over this reality, and then God speaks. And he says in Genesis chapter 1, verse 3, look what he says here. He says, let there be light. And it's, 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 uh, it's an imagery, if you will, of Jesus being the light of the world. He said, let there be light, and there was light. And because of this light, this spoken word of Jesus into the darkness, order and alignment began to break forth in the waters where there was once chaos. We see this in Genesis Chapter 1, verse 6. Look at this with me. God said, let there be a space between the waters to separate the waters from the heavens and the waters from the earth. Now notice this. As chaos is reigning, the light of God comes down into the midst of it and it separates the waters of the heavens from the waters of the earth. Now we know this in the natural that water is what gives life. In fact, the majority of our bodies are are made up of water. It's a very interesting reality uh, that we live in and we walk in, but water equals life. But we know from even the storm that we just walked through 
When water is mixed or in a state of chaos, it's not too life-giving. It's actually destructive, right? And that's why God wants to speak the light of Jesus into the chaos, into the darkness, which he is doing to us, but not only to us, but through us to bring hope to the rest of the world, right? In fact, we know later, you know, you can study this on your own, but the whole flood, you know what took place there is the canopy of water that God separated from the chaos over the earth that now was over the heavens collapsed. And that's where the flood actually came into being, you know? It was this, it was now this re-intermingling of these waters that were meant to be separated. So the canopy collapsed, which, by the way, when it was over the earth, it provided the perfect environment. How many of you know the environment is really massive when seed is being put into the ground? It's really important. So environment is everything. One of the reasons we, we, we use the language we use here, the, the, one of the reasons we carry the values that we carry, the, one of the reasons that we, that we have, you know, theological thoughts and and perceptions is we're creating an environment here in which the life of God that's being planted in people's hearts is when he said when someone comes in here and they're believing God for whatever that the seed that God has spoken to them is able to come forth and begin to grow environment is huge but God didn't stop there in just the separation and putting everything into order breaking the chaos he had a dream That included us. Look at this in chapter 1, verse 9. He says, let the waters beneath the sky, only on the earth, beneath the sky, so the waters over the earth, let them flow together in one place so that dry ground may appear. Because the dream is all about a seed being planted in soil. That's where it can grow. So God wanted to to let the waters come into one place. He wanted them to gather into a state of order so that the seed that was going to be planted in the ground. How many of you know that God formed us from the what? Dust of the ground. From dust to dust. We came forth from the dust. We will return to the dust. And and that's the whole reality of this, this seed coming forth from the ground and then the seed going back into the ground to bring even greater life. So one of the reasons that Sam was praying for our family, you know, even with my mom, we don't grieve as ones that don't have hope. Man, it's just another reminder to me that, that man, this life is beautiful and I'm all in and I want to see as much of the kingdom come as God would grace me to manifest. And at the same time, I want to understand what love is all about and I want to manifest that. I think that we're all learning in this life to love so that we're positioned for the life to come even more. So he separated the waters. In verse 10, I want you to catch this. God called the dry ground land and the waters the seas, and God saw that it was good. Here's a word for us today. When things are good, which they are, no matter what we think, no matter what we feel, no matter what we see, There is a reality of the goodness of God moving in the earth. And when things are good, anything is possible. Anything. And this is why for us culturally here, we won't 
settle or allow language or, or allow space for anything but the goodness of God to be heralded in the atmosphere. So even in the midst of losing my mom, I want to say to you that God is good. And because he's good and because things are good, anything is possible. So watch this. Next verse, chapter 1, verse 11. God said, let the land. Now, this is a parallel to us because we came from the, from the dust of the ground. We are, we are the soil, if you will, that the seed is being planted in as well. This is, this is again, hyperbole. It's a picture. He says, let the land or you sprout with vegetation. Every sort of seed-bearing plant and trees that grow seed-bearing fruit. So seed unto more seed, unto fruit. This is the desire of the Lord. And he says, these seeds, look at this with me, will then produce the kind of plants and trees from which they came. So there's a spiritual principle here. The seed that was sown into your life and into my life is going to produce fruit and other seeds according to that seed that was sown. You have to, like, you see, when the enemy tries to condemn you, when he tries to tell you that you don't have any faith, when you don't believe, when you don't, you know, just whatever it is, that, 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 that old nature that's trying to sneak up and trying to make, make you feel that that's who you really are, you need to tell that thing to go back to the pit of hell where it came from because there's a new seed, the seed of Christ, the blood of the Lord that has been placed in your heart, and that seed is going to get its full recompense through your life and my life. It's going to produce what it promised. And it's, it's a work of grace. It's, it's not anything we can do in our own strength. Like kind producing like kind. And I love the end of this verse, and it says, and that is what happened. In other words, that is what took place. That is what is finished. And we need to stand on that. That's what happened, and amen. That's it. I was, when we were away, I found this, this photo of my mom with her mom. And there's a lot of meaning in this photo to me, you know, for, for a couple of reasons. They're, they're standing on the very homestead that my grandmother pictured in here with my mom. Her parents actually settled way back when. I, I told you guys the story of my grandmother moving here to this area of Montana, Wyoming, from Chicago, and they're standing on the land that a generation prior to this picture was dust, dirt, desert. Now look at you, look at the picture, they're standing on green grass, there's a tree behind them, there's a, a cornfield behind that, there's, there's things beginning to grow where it was once dead. And it was around about this time um, when my mom was with, at this age that there was a friend that lived in the area that invited her to a summer camp at a church, because my family at this time did not go to church. It's a long story on why that was the case. But she got invited to this camp, and the seed of the gospel was deposited in her heart. Here's what I want to say to us this morning. The seed is more powerful than we think. Way more powerful. Because you're talking about a young lady, a young girl that was not having an atmosphere, so to speak, where that seed necessarily was being cultivated necessarily within her immediate home. 
And atmospheres are important, but, but at the end of the day, God's going to do what he wants to do to give, get some water on that seed, to get some sunlight on that seed. Because what he invests in, he's going to get full return because he's an amazing steward. This power of the seed, this work of the gospel, is built on this mysterious work of God's grace and, and I, I want to say that in light of man, there's so much that mankind that we can accomplish in our own ingenuity. And I'm not, I'm not, you know, scoffing at that. I think that's good. Ingenuity, in, innovation, it's good. But, but take the Tower of Babel, for example, man. There, there was movement towards something great, but it wasn't something great in the spirit. God wants the church on the earth, amidst innovation, amidst our intellect, all that stuff, to come under the rule of faith, is what he was talking about, and, and, and leaning into the rest of the work of God's grace. Look, look what Deuteronomy says here. You're going to see this as I just build, and we're not going to be long here this morning. But look what he says. He says to the people of Israel, he said, For the land you are about to enter in, and take over is not like the land of Egypt. In other words, Egypt representing the system of the world. He says there's a major difference to the land that you're coming from out of Egypt and going into. Do you understand that we live in a different environment? We, we occupy different land than other people. And as we manifest the fullness of what God has for us, it gives testimony and shows beauty of what's possible to other people dwelling in other lands, if you will. He says, which you came from, where you planted your seed, and look what he says, and made irrigation ditches with your foot as in a vegetable garden. So in other words, there was, there was a way to bring water that had been separated to the, from, from, from the rest of the soil into the garden to bring life to plants, but it wasn't of the Spirit. This is massively important. We can do that all day long as humans. But we need to actually understand that we're actually, look at this in, in, in the next verse. He says, the land that you will soon take over is the land of what? Hills? And valleys. You can't build an irrigation ditch into a land of hills and valleys. You know what hills and valleys are? Hills are highs and valleys are lows. And on your highest of highs, you can't get your own water to that space. On your lowest of lows, you can't get your own water into that space. But the Lord says in verse 12, he says, it's a land that God cares for. Like where you're at this morning, man, we need to understand the goodness of God. Like he knows everybody's need in this room. He knows exactly what you're walking through. He knows exactly what's going on in your life. And he cares for you. You know, in the midst of the storm, when all the craziness is breaking out, everybody had their own issues. Everybody had their own things going on, and, you know, I was like, man, Lord, like, what, what the heck is going on here? What about us? And, and the Lord was like, I care for you right where you are. You need to allow me to come into that space that you're in right now. And there was a, there was a conviction in my heart that he really, he really cared. He really meant that. 
And he watches over it, the Word of God says here in verse 12, through each season of the year. Life is all about seasons. And the older I get, the more experience and more wisdom that I'm garnering. You know, and as it relates to even loving on other people. I had definitely, you know, conviction about someone losing someone close to them before, but now I have compassion because I know what it feels like. There's no way to describe it, just like marriage or having a child or whatever. There's no way to describe what it's really like until you walk through it. It's impossible. So what Wendy was saying, you see, what, what God allows us to walk through, He takes it and He breathes His goodness on it to manifest fruit in the midst of barrenness. There's a supernatural grace of God that's at work in the lives of the people who live in this other land. You see, with my mom, the seed of destiny. But you see, i got to say this. When you can't build an irrigation to your land, you've got to wait for rain to come. <laughs> That's faith, man. You've got to wait, and you're like, man, it's either coming or it's not coming. And sometimes it doesn't feel like it's coming, and you're just seeing that cloud the size of a man's hand out there somewhere, and you're like, God, I know you're bringing it my way. But you see, the seed of destiny planted in my mom's heart began to be watered, by supernatural rain from heaven over years and over seasons within those years. And I want to I say this statement. You've got to grab this. Process does not diminish the potential of the seed. When you're in the midst of process, sometimes you wonder, do I really have a seed in me? Is there really a promise over my life? Is there really something? And process or time or space or waiting or valley seasons or whatever, it doesn't take away at all from the power of the seed. At all. The seed is incorruptible. Do you understand? The seed is, is unable to be stolen or, or taken away. And my mom had this heart to help other people. I want to show you a photo of her. When she was finishing up nursing school, because she had God's heart to serve the needs of other people. In fact, when my dad moved from Montana to Arizona to go through flight school, my mom volunteered her time on an Indian reservation as a nurse. Very broken people, a very, you know, tough situation, but she had the heart of God to serve. Why is that? Why is that? What, what's, what is there? about this whole seed thing. I want to say this to you. Seeds are meant to ultimately not be just planted in the soil of our hearts, but to be sown so that fruit can be eaten. Do you understand? At the end of the day, this is not just about us, our own destiny. I mean, Sam tweeted the other day, he said, man, if identity becomes idolatry... was the rest of it, Sam? See that pause? I was letting the Holy Spirit sink in, but I was also trying to remember the tweet. (laughs) There it is. When identity becomes idolatry, entitlement is certain to follow. 
I love what God is doing in this generation as it relates to identity. But don't let that identity become idolatry or the manifestation of what's in your life. And my life will be entitlement. It's meant to be sown. You see, destiny that's planted in our hearts is meant to be sown so that other people can eat fruit. We see this parallel in Genesis chapter 1 to Ezekiel chapter 17. Look what he says. He says, this is what the sovereign Lord, verse 22, says. I will take a branch. He's talking about Jesus. From the top of a tall cedar. A tree that's producing life, and I'm going to plant it on top of Israel's highest mountain. In other words, the place where I reign. And all one day, all the other mountains are going to flow into this reality. Jesus. It's a prophetic word. It's a prophetic decree. And I'll plant it on top of Israel's highest mountain. Verse 23. And it will become a majestic cedar, sending forth its branches, and what? Producing seed. That seed is going to be the fruit where every sort of... A bird will nest in it, finding shelter in the shade of its branch. How many of you know that we are called to be that in the earth? As we close here, one strong perspective on seed planting. You've got to catch this. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6. Paul says, I planted the seed in your hearts, and Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow. And then he clarifies it a little deeper. He says it's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. Do you hear this? This isn't about my ministry, your ministry, our gift, this gift. That it's, it's about us planting, us watering, and then saying, God, Make this grow. Okay. A few uh, months before my mom passed away, she said this to me. She said, in a team, every part is important. The mission cannot be accomplished by individual parts working alone. Nehemiah's wall is a perfect example. She said, ignore the enemy and move forward together. And I'm going to pull this together here and then let Wendy read this poem as we dismiss. But as a hidden one, talking about my mother, behind the scenes in her prayer closet, she had such a desire to serve. In fact, one of her fears was, she tweeted, she texted this to me. She said, my fear is that I'd miss out on the work I still have to do here. And she said, may the Father hold me as my body fails and grace my heart to obey him and my mind continue to have its discernment. This is three days before she passed away. Man, September 6th, that that day when she passed, we woke up the next morning to police driving around our neighborhood saying, you guys got to evacuate. Expecting storm surge to rise and waters to actually overtake your home. And I remembered... Wendy's dream months ago where water was coming into our home and she said it was a happy time. Psalm 126 says in verse 5, those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy. They weep as they go to plant their seed, but they sing as they return with the harvest. You see, in a valley moment, which I was in, 
I thought I lost my intercessor. But I actually didn't. A seed went into the ground and died so that a plant of greater measure could come forth. Darren Wilson, who's becoming a real friend, he was texting some of the guys that we were filming with in Orlando in this series that he's been doing, Questions for God. If you haven't checked it out, it's amazing. Some very tough questions that are dialogued around about a table, and then there's an illustration of a story that actually, you know, gives, you know, some, some meat to those examples. But Sean Boltz, who some of you may know, some of you may not be too familiar with, he's really moving powerfully in the prophetic. And, and this is one of the reasons we're pressing in as a house in this way, because when you tap into that flow, and not in a weird way, take a risk and put something out there to someone that might give them hope. It's very powerful. It brings transformation. So he sent me a long text. That's for me and Jesus. But I wanted to share one little piece with you. And I need to explain this before I do. My mom, when we were five, her and my dad got divorced. And she remarried when I was in the third grade to a guy named Glenn Sharon. He was here. You guys may have, some of you may have met him. And that's why my name is not Sharon, it's Davis, because that was my birth father's name. And I didn't want to be Darren Sharon. Okay, really practical, you know what I mean? (laughs) Darren Sharon. I'd probably be more artistic if I was named Darren Sharon. But anyhow, that's a whole other story. But he says this. He says, as I was praying... I get that God would give you peace and that heaven has inherited a rose of Sharon. And you've got to understand, in the Bible, Sharon is spelled S-H-A-R-O-N. He had no idea her name. No one knew my mom's name. Darren Wilson, didn't. no one knew. There was no access to her information. And he says, I saw a young, beautiful Barbara dancing with Jesus, if that's her name. He didn't even know my mom's first name. Who is now praying for you and championing you from heaven. She is alive in fullness. Mountains and valleys. And God cares for that land. And He sends rain when he wants to send rain. Because the seed, you see, so now what I believe is all the intercession that my mom gave on the earth is magnified exponentially in her place in heaven. You know, after the storm on the Today Show, you may have caught this, but they had a a series that they obviously planned maybe years in advance called Girls Changing the World. I don't know if you guys noticed that. And Irma was called the goddess of war. And I felt this, and then I'm going to have Wendy read the poem, and we're going to be dismissed to go get our kids, and then we're going to have ministry time. But I felt, man, this is for you too, but please hear me, women. I felt like there's some ladies in the room that you're daughters of war, and you've been in this season of waiting, and you're a girl that is called to change the world and you feel overshadowed 
by the storms of life and the season that you've been waiting on for the rain to come. But God wants to pick you up today. And He wants to minister to you. He wants to shift something. Wendy had people stand, so I'm not going to have you do that. But we want to have some space here at the end for you to come and to kneel and to, to be with Jesus and just seal the Word of God that He wants to bring into your heart. Could you guys stand with me as Wendy reads this over us? Yeah, a few years ago I was going through this, this really deep spiritual awakening. and But yet it felt like death at the same time. So... I'm going to read you a poem that I wrote probably about six years ago. It's called The Seed, which is appropriate for this morning. The seed lies beneath the ground, for its season is yet to be found. And this cassette tissue. (laughs) Thank you. The seed lies beneath the ground, for its season is yet to be found. It is only known by the sower. It waits and wonders what it will be. The sower knows and waits in glee. As the seed begins, its long-awaited destiny. The seed safely waits day by day as the sun comes and goes. The storms and wind so often blows. The seed has hope that it will soon begin to grow. Pain is felt at the center of its core as it splits in two and reveals even more of what the future has in store. The seed doesn't understand, but trust in the hand of the one that has planted his promises. For it knows that this feeling is only for a season, and that this pain is for a reason. It breaks through the soil into the light of day and basks in each ray, soaking in the sun's glory, because it knows that history will one day tell its story. The years have come and gone, and the seasons have changed, but one thing remains. The oak tree still trusts the sower. Its roots run deep, and its branches spread wide with strength of steel deep inside. The tree cannot be shaken for the years of process that it's taken for the seed to see that it has become an oak tree of destiny. Amen, Lord. Thank you. As we close, let's just open up our hands and our hearts. Lord, thank you for the, the rich environment this morning. Thank you for the atmosphere that we're in, that God gives possibility for anything. And when things are good, anything's possible. And we say in the midst of life, in the midst of all we see, the goodness of God still reigns on the earth. And Lord, have your way. Let this next be se- season be beyond anything we could ever imagine. May the daughters of war rise this morning. And may the sons of war take their place on the wall. Ignore the enemy and move forward under the grace of God. And let the rains water the seed of destiny in your heart. We love you, Lord. Listen, if we dismiss quietly, please go get your children if you have them checked in. We're going to be here for a while. Our ministry teams will come just to stand with you if you need prayer. God bless you guys as you go.